So you're just sort of, you're there as the guiding, you know, the guide, I guess, and, and supervisor of your, your children. You need to try and, the top tip I can uh, offer is to have a routine. We do it when they're little. We do it from the day they're born. Routine, routine, routine. Welcome to CQ University Commentary, the podcast bringing you our experts to explore and dissect issues that affect you, your family, and your community. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode and join the conversation on CQ University social media. This episode was recorded during the global coronavirus outbreak. As a result, CQ University has dedicated the first season of this podcast to focus on conversations about the issues from COVID-19 that you may not have considered, but are still changing the world we live in today. In following social distancing advice from the government, our interviewers and experts conducted these conversations remotely, so you may experience a lower quality of audio recording. Visit the CQ University website for more information on our response to COVID-19 and advice for students and staff. Uh, This week, many parents of school-aged children would have found themselves in the unusual circumstance of being home with their children as they do school from home. But are parents expected to be teachers as well as parents? Today, I'm talking with CQ Uni's Dr. Linda Pfeiffer, a former teacher and now an expert in teaching STEM, which is science, technology, engineering and mathematics, um, about how parents can tackle this new homeschooling phenomena they find themselves in. Linda, should parents be expected now to be teachers too, or is that all too much? Uh, oh, absolutely not. They should not be expected to be teachers. Teaching is a profession. It takes years you know, of studying at, at university, obviously. Then you go out into the field. You're teaching in a school for at least two years to be deemed proficient. Of course, parents aren't expected to overnight take on a qualification such as teaching. So parents are finding themselves in a weird scenario. What should they be doing? If they're not expected to actually teach, what should they be doing? There's online support. You can pick up packages from the school. They'll post out materials and emails, Blackboard Collaborate, live sessions. And I'm finding the teachers are really working hard to assist the parents. So the parents really just need to be the supervisors in the home, Set your child up in a nice space where they can do their learning, make sure they have plenty of breaks and reach out to the teachers who are the experts. You're not expected to sit down with your child and show them how to do the mathematics questions, for example. You're just there to make sure they know what they need to be doing for 30 or 40 minutes uh, in, a, in a block um, for two to three hours a day. So you're just sort of, you're there as the guiding you know, the guide, I guess, and, and supervisor of your your children. You need to try and the top tip I can uh, offer is to have a routine. We do it when they're little. We do it from the day they're born. Routine, 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 primary school, high school. You just need to set up in a routine, and this includes eating routine. So pack your lunchbox in the morning, have breaks at designated times, and your sleep routine. It's not school holidays. Okay, this, you know, your kids need to go to bed early like they would on a school day. They need to get up, have a shower, put their clothes on, put their shoes on and be ready to learn. And um, when they're engaging in this online space, which most of it would be, um, how are they coping with that? Or how, you know, how can we as parents help them with that as well? 
I think that what I'm finding from experience, I have two children at home as well, and the teachers have advised that to try and help your child and to be organised is you might sit down in the evening or the, or the afternoon ready for the next day and download any materials you need. They don't need to be on a computer all day. And we don't want them on a computer all day. It's a place where you can gain access to the resources that can be downloaded or there are set times where you can have a live session such as we're doing now and communicate with the teachers. So I think it's just a matter of sitting down and being organised with your child and going through what do you need for tomorrow, what um, subjects are you going to do, what materials do you need, let's do a plan and work out that plan together and that timetable. And that would include the break times and, and some time for other things. It's only two, probably two to three hours of schoolwork that will be provided. So break it up into the day, have some outside time, have some playing Lego, reading a book, whatever they're interested in time as well. That's what I was going to lead into saying about physical activity too because, I mean, these kids actually will need to actually run around. I mean, particularly the young ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, no, 100%. I'm, I, I'm jokingly thinking about my uh, neighbours that I have who have, um, she has two young boys and she's often yelling over the fence, why is your house so quiet? Um, because my children are in high school. But yes, they do need to run around. They do need to go for a bike ride, go for a walk. You're still allowed to exercise in your local area and that's important. Now, if you're a parent that's working from home, that's very difficult to be able to sit and supervise your child. Um, but if you set them up in small blocks of activities and you all have a break together and go for a walk and a ride, that's important for a parent as well for physical exercise. So you do need to do it every day and you do need to allow that for the children as well. So how different would it be for parents for of younger children than of teenagers in this process? Very different, I think. Um, obviously, I'm working from home uh, here. To, I'm in my downstairs. I'm at my house right now, and my children are upstairs independently working. However, if for parents with younger children, it's not. I don't think it would be as easy to say, like I say, see you at ten past ten because that's when their their first break would be at high school. So I think for parents with younger children. It will require a lot more assistance. It depends how young. Some of them you might need to be sitting next to them the whole time. Uh, you know, making sure they know what they're doing. You might play a board game with them, etc. But try to give them opportunity to be independent and to be doing something so they don't become over-reliant on having you there. So it is very different. And if you're trying to work from home as well as have your children there, that can be very difficult. And that is why the schools are open for people that have to work and cannot possibly provide that learning environment for their children. Enjoying this episode? Subscribe to Seek University Commentary on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for more. And remember to rate, review, and share. Now, is there some helpful resources that you can um, give some tips about for parents that are looking for the, just that little bit extra to get their kids stimulated about learning? Yes. Um, so there are lots and lots of online resources, which is fabulous, some that were already there and some that have been created because of COVID-19. I would say the school would be your first point uh, of, of um, contact, but uh, – Aside from that, um, we have BOP Industries, so they're based in Brisbane. They have free live classrooms, um, the National Science Teachers Association website, Queensland Museum website, CSIRO outreach, 
um, and places that you might not have considered depending on the interest of your child, the Australian Reptile Park, Sea Life Aquarium, they're all running virtual online um, classrooms. Quest again, there's lots of little apps out there. You can go and look, take photos of plants and insects and get them classified. ABC TV, I think, is running some um, activities. And, um, yeah, there's lots of resources. So I've taken it upon myself to create some videos, some STEM challenges. Um, so we've started this week with the first one. Um, which we're uploading a video on YouTube of my daughter undertaking. A, it's really short. I'm trying to make the videos really short to watch of a STEM challenge. So each week for 10 weeks, we'll have a challenge um, with the hashtag CQU STEM challenge. So if people want to have a go at the challenges and upload them to social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and a Twitter and use the hashtag, then we can have a look at what people are coming up with. So this week's challenge is to design a shopping centre, taking into account the social distancing rules. So my daughter just has made it out of Lego. So they're not all, there are some other ones further down that are a little bit more challenging, but you can take it to whatever level you'd like. And the videos step you through the five phases of a STEM project and what your child needs to do. How do they design a shopping centre? Where do they start? How do they do it? So we look at how they can brainstorm and plan and then build it and then evaluate it. Okay. Well, that's this week's. And what have we got to look forward to in the coming weeks? Okay. So next week is to design a game. So it could be a board game or a card game or a dice game. My daughter's working on her game is a digital game using Scratch, which they learn in year two. So don't uh, underestimate your children. She learned how to write a game in year two. I don't know how to do it, so I said to her, you have to do it. Um, we've got a garden challenge. We've got watering your plants remotely, which is an interesting one. Uh, a catapult to shoot a tin of food across the driveway to your neighbours because, you know, you can't be too close. Um, my next-door neighbours have a chicken, so we're going to do an egg over the fence safely. <laughs> um, so those sorts of uh, those sorts of challenges. Okay, so you're encouraging people to share the, their attempts at these challenges online and then tag us in that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, it doesn't have to be a video, it could be a photo, whatever you've got. I think we could um, really come up with some really cool uh, ideas. That's fantastic. Now, um, schools have had to do a lot of work in um, providing material online for students. Um, how well do you think students will engage in this in this online space, which they're not all very okay with. But, um, yeah, how do you think they'll cope? Uh, it's interesting because I think we spent a lot of time trying to keep our children off devices and computers, etc., in the home. So I think that it's going to be a whole mind shift um, to start with. Children that um, can't work independently are going to really struggle, and as well as parents who don't necessarily have the time to sit you know, to sit and guide and, and guide their their children to be in the online environment. It's very difficult, as I said, my children are upstairs, but, you know, I'm assuming that they're on there doing what they're supposed to be doing. So it is a whole different world allowing them to learn independently. So I, I think the experience hopefully over the five weeks will be positive and, and, you know, we'll all come out at the end. The teachers will reassess everybody at the end. You know, it'll, it'll all come together. So don't have the pressure on you as a parent to, you know, get it all done. But um, I think one of two things I'm predicting will probably happen. More parents will keep their kids at home. A lot of people do homeschool already um, and realise the 
advantages and positives of doing it. Or conversely, parents will be like trying to get their children out of the house as quick as possible and get them back to the classroom and hopefully really have a bigger appreciation for the teaching profession. I bet. It's, yeah, I think so. I think um, it, it's a positive experience for as a, as a teacher in the teaching profession to raise the profile and a realisation of how much work teachers do. It's not a nine to three, 12 week holiday job. Anyone who's a teacher or has lived with a teacher knows that. And I think parents are going to realise, you know, the amount of work that teachers do. Yeah. Do you think um, looking into the into the future past COVID-19, there will be room for schools to utilise this new online teaching space that they've developed very quickly um, um, in the new world? Absolutely. And I think it provides opportunity, which probably was already there but not realised, to involve experts and virtual excursions uh, into your classroom. So, you know, you can have a NASA astronaut zoom into your science lesson for, for year eight on Tuesday, or you can have a relationship with your local university and have regular classes, or, you know, there, there's a whole different world that this has opened up of resources for teachers that they can reach experts in their fields, you know, regardless of where they are. Um, finally, now... I think there's going to be a lot of very exhausted parents at the end of this time period, at the end of the week, every week for this next, you know, few weeks. Have you got any final advice for them? I think try, going back to the routine, really, that treat the weekday as a weekday, as if the children were at school. Remember, you don't have all the after-school activities you used to be running around for as well. And just enjoy the weekend. You don't want to be getting in arguments with your children all week and then continue it through the weekend. You know, let them have a weekend. You have a weekend. It's time to relax, you know, and, you know, enjoy yourself like you would normally. Thanks, Linda. Thanks for your insight and um, joining us on our um, CQ Uni commentary podcast. Thanks very much. Thank you.